Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Avid Khan and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Passive Income and Entrepreneurship. Before we get to that, let's just talk about a sponsor today. The following message is brought to you by Balsamic, the OG of low-fidelity wireframing tools. Balsamic have decided to support the Bootstrap Founder community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners. And the guest sponsor of the week is Cold Email for Interesting People by Philip Keeley. Unfortunately, many cold email tutorials out there are focused on bulk mail and business-to-business pitches and other salesy and personal outreach. I'm certainly on the receiving end of many of those, so uh, this is a thing that's actually close to my heart. Um, I don't want you to rely on these kind of spammy tactics that savvy recipients like me are sick of. So instead, I think you can use cold email for interesting people to guide your learning as you develop your own personal approach to using cold email to expand your network or enhance your projects and further your career, whatever you use it for. If you're not ready to invest in the cold email for interesting people course, which is also out there for, I guess it's just around $48, download the handbook for free to see if the course is right for you, which is pretty smart because the handbook itself is quite the resource. So get the course today at philipkeely.com slash C-E-F-I-P or search cold email for interesting people on Google and it should be the top result there. Thank you again to Balsamic for generously sponsoring my podcast and supporting my listeners this way. They've been doing that for the last, I think, eight or 10 episodes. It's been awesome. So if you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic or just want to check out Balsamic, which I highly recommend, go to balsamic.com slash go slash bootstrap dash founder and you'll see everything there. And now let's get started talking about passive income and entrepreneurship. For many entrepreneurs having Passive income is the ultimate goal. Certainly is for me. It's a great goal too, because having money coming in without having to do any work, like the definition of passive income, sounds better than selling your time and attention to the highest bidder, which is what active income is. My entrepreneurial journey has mainly been focused on building a portfolio of income sources that are as passive as possible. And today I want to share what I have learned and how I went about it so that you might find some inspiration in there. So passive income, it's the holy grail of income strategies, and it often feels equally unattainable. Many ideas just look good on paper, but they turn out to be lousy passive income generators, and it takes a lot of experimentation to find the good stuff. The great thing about the quest for passive income is that you can do it in stages, and then you kind of have to do it in stages, because true passive income that has high yields and is streaming in reliably is extremely rare and extremely hard to set up. And thankfully, there's a spectrum between active and passive income. And we all start out on the active side. Just consider your very first job, whatever that might mean to you. The first money you earned was probably from some kind of physical activity. Either you were stacking shelves at the grocery store or mowing your neighbor's lawns or picking apples for your grandpa. Certainly was one of my activities when I was a kid. Or cleaning cars, that kind of stuff, right? Most people start their income journey by offering a service of some sort. A service that they themselves do for somebody else and then get paid and then do the same service or slightly different service for somebody else and get paid. Offering services like this is the most active kind of income generation possible. You trade your time and your labor for money. And if you don't do the work yourself, you don't get paid. That's the 
biggest restriction there of almost all active income sources. And through the lens of wealth generation, this is obviously a very risky approach. If anything happens to you or your capacity to do the work, your income stream runs dry. To make money, you need to actively sustain it day in, day out. And to be quite honest, almost everybody out there is in some sort of active income situation. And I wouldn't say that we've been brainwashed to believe that this is the only way of making money, but we're certainly incentivized to think that. Almost all structures in the business world kind of are exchanging people's time for money because it's just the best way of doing it. And not everybody can have a fully passive portfolio. So I guess the tendency is for everybody to have a very active income, which, yeah, is it's kind of risky. And there's another layer of risk other than the risk of not being able to do it. It's your focus on this one income generating activity makes it so much harder to diversify. The diversification itself plays a big role in creating a passive income portfolio, right? The more independent streams of income you could create. And in this case, it doesn't really matter how active or passive they are, just that they're independent. The more you'll be able to stay afloat when one stream breaks away, right? If you if you have a job and then you have a second job and a third job, well, if one breaks away, you still make some money and it kind of cushions you to, towards any kind of risk in the market. So the idea if you can replace one of these second or third jobs with a passive income source, some sort of investment that automatically makes money for you or something that you sell on the side or a service that you offer that is kind of productized or anything like it, you can um, definitely diversify while you are actively making money. Active income does not mean you shouldn't diversify, but it's a risk in there. Like if you are so focused on keeping your one job that you can't establish the other things that might help you when you potentially lose your job, that is the risk that I'm talking about. And industries change all the time. Particularly, you've probably seen this with the, the COVID pandemic. Like there were certain industries out there that were just diminished by the pandemic. People lost their job, even though they thought they would keep their job forever. Look at tourism. Well, everybody's going to come to these tourist destinations at all times was the perspective that most people had that were working in the industry. Not all of a sudden, countries locked down and airlines locked down and places closed and jobs were lost. That was a big risk. If that is all you do, right? if you have no other income source and your interest in serving your customers will also fluctuate in the way your interest in doing what you're doing right now as an active job might not be the same level of interest a couple of years down the road. If you started out in marketing and you really liked talking about products and pushing them to people and making sure that people get the solutions to their problems, well, that's wonderful. But 10 years down the road, you have a more managerial position maybe in the company that you're working for and you really don't like managing people. You loved working on putting products out there and creating ads or looking at performance of ads and stuff. You just can't do that anymore because all of a sudden now you have a team of people. Well, your interest is gone. And you're stuck in this job because you chose it as a career. So if there is no diversification, that's a problem. And if this single very hands-on service offering is on one extreme of the spectrum, you'll find a highly diversified portfolio of very hands-off income streams at the other end. Right? That is what I'm talking about. That's the whole spectrum. The, the left side, I guess, where you start 
is an active job. You have just one job and you focus all your attention on that and you have to work on it day in, day out. And on the other side is what um, Daniel Vassallo, for example, calls a portfolio of small bets, which is a super diversified, like maybe five, maybe 10 different things, all things that kind of sell themselves or that where you don't have to do much to consistently market it to people. And that's where I'm heading to. From the left, from this very distinct one person, one job service offering towards this portfolio of small bets that it's not just done by Daniel, but a lot of other entrepreneurs find it quite interesting and it's quite popular among entrepreneurs too. And to move towards passive income, you need to diversify not just in quantity, not just in amount of potential income sources, but also in quality. It's very similar to a um, popular non-entrepreneurial source of passive income, stock market. Uh, you can bet on individual stocks, but there's a lot of volatility that can cause you horrendous losses if you don't know what you're doing. And let's be honest, many people in the stock market don't really know what they're doing. They're just doing what they have read or have been told and hope that other people also believe in. But that's maybe a different topic for a different conversation. But when you invest in index funds, and this obviously is not financial advice, I'm just talking about what I'm doing. Index funds that cover large segments of the whole market by just owning smaller shares of all the players in the market, you usually see more reliably long-term returns. Because the idea is that the market, no matter what the players in it do, grows over time. And index funds kind of map onto that and allow you to take part in that growth. So you should be doing the exact same thing by making the quality of your portfolio as diverse as possible. So take this approach on your own passive income generating efforts, envision multiple distinct and independent ways of generating revenue. And while you're getting there, they don't need to be fully passive either. Just um, envision different things. And here's what I've done there, what I am doing on this journey um, of my own entrepreneurial um, exploration. I wrote two books so far. I consult occasionally and I run a little SaaS business and I give conference talks. So that's two info products, really, one software product, and two service products. It's a solid mix of active and passive streams, and my focus currently is on creating more passive income components that will eventually push out the active ones so that I don't need to do them. Of course, I can always choose to do some consulting or speaking at a conference, but preferably, really, I would like to have more info products out there because to me, they are the more passive revenue generators. And it's honestly more scalable too, right? Because if I can write a book that is read by thousands of people, well, that's kind of worth more of my time than doing a one-on-one consulting. Even though the impact that I might have with the consulting is much, much higher, I kind of want to help a thousand people and not just one. So info products and other passive income generating efforts are what I'm kind of looking at more. And uh, yeah, the, let's just take the opportunity now to look at our income spectrum again, because we started active income on the left in the form of services rendered. And I've talked at length about this. Anything where you really spend a lot of time and other people spend some money, right? That's what this is. The next step towards passive income is productizing your services. And that means turning your existing service offering into a system that can lead to done-for-you solutions for many more customers without having to render every service from scratch. 
It's really creating a package with customization options. And by doing that, you reduce your risk while increasing the value that you provide. Because with every time you render your service, the basic foundational thing is already figured out. You don't need to figure it out again. And the productized service also means you less active work because the system that you've built will do part of the work for you. And I think that's that's really visually very clear that a productized service takes some parts of your service offering and just automates them, right? And systematizes them, makes it easy for you to look up what to do, allows you to outsource work and all that kind of stuff. That's what a productized service really is. And generally, creating systems and automated solutions are wonderful strategies to move close to a portfolio of passive income generators. Anything that allows you to stay away from having to sell your time and attention is a move into the right direction. And anything that allows you to build a system, a self-sustaining system, and an automated solution, even if it's just partially automated, automation is really what helps you scale. And this product has service offering often leads us to one step further towards that goal. Because almost any product has service offering has the potential to be turned into a software-enabled business. Software as a service businesses are that, and they shine at serving hundreds and if not thousands of customers simultaneously, offering the exact same service to each of them. And the service itself is highly automated and rarely needs your direct involvement. And uh, it's really what, what's, what the continuum is, right? You start with a service, you productize it, and then you take the most popular version of your packaging and you turn that into the system, into the SaaS business, software as a service business. That often means that you can't really customize it as much anymore, but that really is not as big of an issue because you can now serve hundreds and thousands of people at the same time, where before you had to reach out to every lead, right? It's just a matter of scale. And that's why usually all software as a service businesses don't really offer that much in terms of customization, but they have a lot of configuration where you can pick and choose the functions that are available in the system, but that's really what it is, right? There is no custom stuff. There's just configurable stuff. And that is good because it allows you to scale. But let's just, this is, we're talking about building businesses here, right? And that is important to, there's one thing that I really want to mention here. Building a business really is not passive income. It has a potential to allow you to get to that point, but it's from my own experience is a quite an active process because first off, while you may own the business and you may own all the dividends, it still needs you to run it. So unless you can build a business that can run completely without you, which is the end goal of every business that is built to sell. But again, we're just talking generally at this point, you do not have passive income. Usually when you build a business, you're focusing all your time and all your attention on that business. That makes it hard to diversify. Again, it is an active income source. And while serving many customers with one heavily productized solution is definitely a move towards passive income, it also is still quite an active endeavor. A business is an ongoing concern. The customer service needs to be done, any billing issues, a product development requirement will all need your time and effort. You will have to work in and on the business. The great thing about running such a business is that you're becoming an expert on solving problems in your particular field. And you learn a lot. And when somebody's learning, they might also want to teach. At least I do that. That brings me to one of the most passive kinds of income generators, and that's info products. Be it books or video courses or cohort-based workshops or any other educational form of product, 
info products tend to have the highest upfront building requirements, but also offer an equally high potential to generate revenue for you passively. So teach what you learn in a medium that you enjoy, right? You like writing, like I do, just write a book or write a blog, write a newsletter, right? Get people involved. If you like video more, create a YouTube channel, go on TikTok, or be on Twitter and, and do live, live video stuff, like workshops or whatever. There's, there's all kinds of ways um, for you to share what you know to the people that you want to help. There's no one medium for this. Podcasts are obviously another way of doing this. You can teach in many different ways. And um, the more applicable your insights are, the more likely you'll be able to turn them into a product that people then purchase, consume, and talk about. Write useful books that people recommend to their peers. Create content that's loaded with clear and pragmatic knowledge that is accessible to everybody interested, and you'll have a good info product on your hand. And these products usually are self-sustaining because people recommend them to each other. And that doesn't have to be just an info product. could be a SaaS business too. These self-sustaining products are generally a good idea. Build SaaS businesses with built-in network effects where users invite new users. We did that for Feedback Panda. We had an internal sharing system where our teachers, our customers were online teachers. They would share feedback templates with each other within our product. And um, they would really, really enjoy that because that, that would speed up the process for them to come up with new feedback. Obviously, if you can use somebody else's template, they are probably going to write something slightly different than what you've had in mind. So now we have something new. And that allowed our customers to pull in their peers, promising them, hey, there's already a gigantic database of stuff there. And now you can add yours and then everybody else benefits. That was a network effect that we built into a product. And that allowed us to do all our marketing essentially through word of mouth, because the more people invited new people, the better the product got and people understood it. And then they did essentially our marketing for us. And you can do this in an e-commerce business as well. You just... Um, and, and this is like about self-sustaining, not necessarily about in, um, network effects. But in an e-commerce business, you would build fulfillment chains or logistics chains that can operate without your involvement. You automate it all either by really automating it or by having like a virtual assistant taking care of these, these day-to-day tasks that you don't have to do. Right? That is what self-sustaining products are about. And if you... Um, offer customization options, still talking about e-commerce, that your customers can carry into their communities and exposing your business to more prospects because now all of a sudden they can offer a version of a product that is specific to their communities. That is also a self-sustaining, word-of-mouth-based marketing approach. These are just examples, right? But you can do many, many things that allow your your product to sell itself or to at least facilitate community-based marketing through your users. Referral systems are usually one of these um, yeah, approaches to how to do it. And another viable method of speeding up your journey along this path to passive income is just the compounding effect of cross-promotion. Because if you share your expertise by consulting, we'll just create an info product with answers to the most commonly asked questions and use that to find more clients. It can be an FAQ on your website, a, a couple pages, white paper, PDF, whatever. Just create something that you can give to people so they can get a feeling of if they want to be your client. And it it teaches them something to begin with, so now they trust you to provide something meaningful. So over time, this can grow from a lead magnet into a for-profit info product offering. The 
kind of the book mentions your consulting service and by consulting you mention your book and loops like this turn your collection of income streams into a self-sustaining and self-amplifying portfolio. That's kind of what passive income really is. It's like these cross-promotional activities and allowing your customers to talk about your product to their peers without you having to do it. So that's the passive income journey, really from my perspective. The continuous act of moving from active service work to many kinds of passive income. It's quite the journey, right? You can probably feel how I'm excited about to talk to you about this, but it, it is also um, sometimes quite anxiety-inducing. And I can tell you that. It, it, can, it can feel like an insurmountable challenge at times, but it's absolutely worth it. And definitely compared to be in having only one source of active income for the rest of your life. It's really like tending to a garden. You maintain and you prune it, but the, the plants and the fruits and the vegetables, the herbs, they do the growing for you. And they'll grow overnight while you sleep, which is the number one benefit of passive income, right? You wake up, you made some money because that's what passive income does. And that's why you should want to explore the possibility of moving from your active income to a passive income future. And that's the podcast for today. Thank you for listening to the Boots of Fun podcast. You can find me on Twitter at avidkahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrappedfounder.com. You can find my book Zero to Sold at zerotosold.com, where I do talk about passive income and ways of building a business that way. And The Embedded Entrepreneur, my second book at embeddedentrepreneur.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Boots of Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.